Bearcat Blitz, a winning opening week show on the Believe Network. Welcome in, everybody. I'm your host, Russ Eltman, joined, as always, by my co-host across the way there, Dominic Goodman. Great to be with you all, wherever you're catching us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, whatever podcast platform you're checking us out on. Thank you so much. Please subscribe, rate, and review there. Maybe you're checking us out on YouTube as well. Give us a little thumbs up on the video. Subscribe to the YouTube page, Talking Catch with Russ Eltman, and we are also airing on Bally Sports Ohio on weekends. Usually that's the uh, the back half of the week show, not the recap show, as, uh, as Dom and I have not had a ton of fun, honestly, recapping games over the past few weeks. It's obviously still fun to talk about football. We're still making fun out of it. Dom had to break out his, his helmet to make sure we had fun last week. But they give us reason to talk about some good things regarding UC football with a 24-14 to 14 win over the Houston Cougars. Former UC wide receiver Dominic Goodman about to break that down with me. Russ Eltman, your all Bearcats reporter. You can, of course, check out all the coverage on UC football and basketball. Basketball, winning weekend as well. Three wins for UC football and basketball combined over the past few days since we last talked on Bearcat Blitz, which is presented by Bet Online. The last of the major pro sports leagues is off and rolling, and college basketball is rolling as well. Bet Online remains your top spot for all your live betting action and contests. NFL, college football, UFC, great UFC card this past weekend, and NHL are all in full swing. Bet Online is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. All the hoops betting action, along with every sport, is available at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time. Head to Bet Online today and remember to use our promo code Believe for your 50% welcome bonus on that first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. Dom, they pulled it off, my man. They pulled it off. The first ever Big 12 conference win as a member of the new unit. UC football gets the job done in a game where, as I mentioned to you right before we came on here, Dom, the first good passing performance down to down, snap to snap by Emory Jones since the win over EKU results in a victory. We can start right there. The floor is yours after a 24 to 14 win, Dom. You were right. I was wrong. You stuck with the Bearcat winning picks and uh, did not waver over the past couple of weeks. I got a couple of predictions right while I wavered, but they throw it back in my face with a 10-point victory on the road. Well, <clears throat> happy. I was happy watching the game. You know, I was pumped. Everybody was te- texting me by other guy. I'm like, brother, man, focus right now, these Bearcats. <laughs> I was happy. It was a great performance, man. They they came out and executed, and they 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 came together with all forms for us on offense and defense and special teams. I mean, when you got that going, it's a good recipe. They I like how they they score score right away, put Houston in the bomb, and the running game was just a killer. They were just killing in the run game, which where they had the respect to bring another man in the box. And when it came down to passing. They was hitting it. It seemed like they had the right, perfect kind of right concepts for Emory. They had a perfect game plan to pass game, and they stuck with it. Um, and it was completing some passes. Even when um, when Brady got in there, he he completed some passes and uh, ran the ball a little bit. And I think it was all contributed to the run game. Um, but defensively, whew, they played lights out, man. I think you old Jordan Young uh, apology. <laughs> 
I think he heard you or something. He must have watched the interviews or something. But he, he played lights out. I mean, something, something, I don't know, something must have happened in the meeting room. Something must have happened. They just turned it on. Even the youngin, um, the red shirt, the, is it red shirt, sophomore or freshman, 20, what, 21's name? Kalen uh, Carroll. He played spectacular, making play. Three interceptions. I mean, defense getting to the quarterback, they just really limited Houston a lot. They couldn't really establish the pass game, what they really is known for. They couldn't establish it. Run game, not so well. But, I mean, Bearcats played terrific to me. I mean, I was happy. I had No complaints for me. I was. And, Dom, you mentioned Jordan Young. He's a young guy, not necessarily a young guy in terms of college years, but in terms of starting experience, he is a young guy entering this game still. He doesn't have a ton of starting experience, as I mentioned. And as you mentioned, Kalen Carroll played very well. We'll dive into the grades a little bit in just a second. But my question is, with with these kinds of situations, these guys that, especially on the outside in that cornerback room, not a ton of experience, is there a moment in the sport, did you notice this moment, where it, it can just kind of click? There's a game where things can just kind of click and then you can really see things and feel things slow down for the rest of your career from then on. Did that happen with you? Did you Have you heard stories from teammates of that happening? And maybe that was something that happened in real time as we watched on Saturday night for Kalen Carroll and Jordan Young. Yeah, I mean, you get tired of people taking your cornbread, so you gonna you got you gotta you gotta fight for your life. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So and, and there's not got, many games left for them to show. Hey, coach, I I still should be a starter next year. I should have a chance. Something gotta click. I know my freshman year when we got thrown in the wolves in the Big East, and um, as freshmen, I mean, it, it comes to a moment. I remember when Darrell Revis, my first like game starting as a freshman. I line up. I didn't even know much about line up. He jams me up and throw me to the sideline. And, Jerome and, Revis and, was your first matchup as a freshman? Yes. Oh. Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, I'm a freshman. Like, I'm a couple months away from playing my in a state championship game. And I'm out here like, oh, here we go. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but them are defining moments. That occurred. I mean, after that game, I was like, you know what? Let me learn how to get off the gym. Let me get my mind right. And I got better times. Times went on, and that's the same thing that happened with with the with um, Jordan Young and other DB. I mean, you just gotta you just gotta roll with the punches and just build off of it. I mean, eventually, you tired of the bully taking your your lunch money, your cornbread. Something got to give. So. I was happy. I was proud of them yesterday. I mean, on Saturday, they stepped up and um, came to play. Wow. Glad I asked that. Did not know. Glad we got a little Darrell Rivas nugget right there. That's, that is, I mean, it's only, it's only down in terms of, I guess, overall raw cornerback talent for you and your career from there, Dominic. I mean, statistically, I mean, the guy ended up being arguably the best cornerback of the 2010s decade in the NFL at Rivas Island for a reason. So when we look at the grades here, as we mentioned, Jordan Young, his best game as a Bearcat. He was fantastic in this one. Was right at the top of the team lead in total tackles. Had just four targets in coverage. And Dom, we were talking about him giving up 23, 24, 25 yards per reception. Four total yards allowed in coverage in this game. He had, I think he had, I don't know if he got credited with a PBU, but he definitely was around the ball a lot. And Kalen Carroll had multiple PBUs. He had a 75.5 overall grade on the left side of that defense. So when you're getting 75 plus grade performances on PFF, 
from each side of your secondary on the outside, that man-to-man scheme that allows the big fellas up front to get after the quarterback. Dante Corleone, maybe we'll call it the Bearcat Blitz bump because he played lights out in this game, Dom, right from Jump Street, really. I mean, he was disrupting the pocket on the first couple drives of the game. I believe he had a sack on the first or second drive that Houston went out there, had three total pressures, one sack, one QB hit, two other tackles as well. They had 12 pressures as a team. And honestly, um, had a couple pre- couple of snaps where I think pressures would have been given to them if Donovan Smith didn't break away and get, get out of the pocket with his legs and stuff like that. That was really the only offensive weapon that they were able to use all game, Don, was Donovan Smith's legs. He was terrible through the air. And this is a hang-your-hat, I think, foundational type of performance that you can really s- give credit to the Bearcats' defense for. It's, people will see Houston. They'll see the under 500 record. They'll see the kind of up and down year that the Cougars have had as, as a first year member of the big 12 themselves. But Donovan Smith was, as I mentioned, second in the big 12 in passing coming into this game. This was a bad matchup historically given the results of this season for this defense. And they turned it into a good matchup in in due order, three interceptions of Smith. That was more interceptions that they had the entire, the entirety of conference play. They, they went above that total in this game. I was really impressed with the defense as a whole. I thought, the safety play was solid at a Taj Ward. He had a good, good a- afternoon. I thought Daniel Greshik showed some good things. He had a great PBU that uh, stopped the third down in the, uh, in the beginning portion of the, of the game. So the fact that they were able to play complimentary football, the defense played the best it has all year, especially on the outside. When you look at that cornerback room, it's something to really, I think, build on and Kalen Carroll specifically, the fact that he has, I think, picked up the speed of the game this fast in the opportunities that he's gotten has to make you really, really impressed and kind of bullish on his future the rest of the year, especially with some good tests against West Virginia's offense and Kansas's offense coming up even more room to grow there and some more room to grow for Jordan Young, who, as I mentioned, 80.1, 80.4 overall grade, his highest grade on PFF as a Bearcat, his highest grade with 40 plus snaps played of his entire college career That is exactly the type of development, the type of improvement you want to see from this unit. And then on offense, before we get to our players of the game, Emory Jones, man, he was solid. He he deserved the 40 plus 49 total snaps he got in this game. I thought he was a little bit better than Brady Lichtenberg overall. Got a 79.1 passing grain. That's his highest of the season on PFF since the week one victory against EKU. You and I had talked about it ad nauseum. You got to get... Uh, just a s- good passing performances. You need a good passing performance out of Emory Jones, especially when he was not necessarily giving you Kyler Murray or Lamar Jackson type of impact with his legs on the ground. He was a little better, slipped a couple more tackles on the ground in this game, but very solid. I believe it was his, his UC career high with an 81% completion rate, 13 to 16, 131 yards and a touchdown, but 170.7 passer rating. That's what you need out of this position. Brady Lichtenberg also was solid. No turnovers from that spot. He was four of seven in his 11 uh, passing snaps in this game. 33 yards, 57% completion. You like to see a little bit better mark there, but he didn't get a ton of time to establish a rhythm. So I love what I saw to Emory Jones. I think he played well. They got just enough from the quarterback position. That's what this team needs, Dom. They need to go from 80 to 90 range in quarterback efficiency to 30, 40, 
even 50. If you're in the 50s quarterback efficiency range all season long, Corey Kiner, this rushing attack, and this offensive line, which we have not talked about enough, the highest graded player on the team this week was an offensive lineman in John Williams, who's having a solid back half of the season and could be cementing his left tackle role for next season and beyond. When you have that type of play from the offensive line, being that consistent as they have been, especially on the ground blocking this season, you can win football games with non-elite quarterback play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's – I mean, it, the game is one in the trenches. I mean, if you got a line that can block, block, make uh, make run lanes, which they've been doing all season, um, can allow time for the quarterback, what they've been doing all season, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a recipe for success. Um <clears throat> It's just, yeah, I mean, look, John Williams, 80.1 grade, Gavin Gerhardt, 76.1 grade, Philip Wilder, right tackle coming in for DeAndre Buford, getting a lot more run with Buford struggling this season. Philip Wilder, 26 snaps. He was the fifth highest graded offensive player with a 74.4. So that could be something to watch there as well the rest of the year. How much does Wilder play compared to Buford at that right tackle spot, which Dom, it feels like really the only major question mark going into next year for this unit is what are they going to do at right tackle and can Philip Wilder kind of cement that role? I mean, and that's, then that's the beauty about development, you know, you bringing guys in and, um, and bringing them guys in like they came in with number um guys that ain't play um, a snap, you know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like, far as like now they playing, um, starting playing now. And it's just more of like, Gonna see what happened for us. Gonna be competition. It's always gonna be someone to fill in. I feel like. I mean, they got. I'm just looking forward to it because like right now I'm seeing and learning. Like, hey, they just need one more year to build, and I think this is the year and this is the this is the time right now coming down to this stretch where it's like, okay, we figured it out. We got the pieces. All right, now next year, all right, we're gonna do this a little different. So. um I think it, it'd be fine, but the biggest question is the quarterback play, to me, in my opinion. But Yep, who will be the quarterback? That is a big question. It's a question for a different show as we'll get to our players of the game from this week's outing, a 24-14 to win over the Houston Cougars. And then we'll start to look ahead a little bit to the renewal of that old Big, big East rivalry. West Virginia head to Morgantown to take on the Mountaineers this coming Saturday, a 2 p.m. kick. That is like the most uh, reporters and media members everywhere rejoicing, Dom. That is the most ideal kickoff time of any spot on the college football slate. We'll talk about all that after this break on Bearcat Blitz. Bearcat Blitz continuing. I'm your all Bearcats reporter, Russ Hellman, and host of the show, joined by my co-host, Russ, not Russ Hellman, Dom Gilman. I don't <laughs> myself like I'm talking to myself each and every show. Dom Gilman, former UC wide receiver. And Dom, I was just talking about how I'm loving the mid-afternoon kickoff time this coming weekend. Did you as a player ever have a preferred exact kickoff time that you liked? Are you one of those guys that likes to get going, have the noon kick and get firing? Or were you got somebody that liked to stew in your, your anticipation and, and have the nip at night? Man, I like the noon games. I mean, if we could play at 10 in the morning, I'll play because it was like roll out, bed, get, roll out of bed, stretch it out, and get rolling. You know, because all that anxiety building up, you're going through team to breakfast, the meal, meetings, meetings, and watching other people play. You like, man, I just want to get out there and get after it. Plus, after the game, shoot, I want to go celebrate the win, you know. 
So a little less time, a little less time between the nip at night ending and the Sunday practice. So that's a fact for sure. That's a fact. Dominic Goodman, my co-host. Dom, your player of the game from the 24 to 14 win over Houston. There's a lot of them. But, you know, um, do I just got to pick one? Can I pick two? You could go with two. I'll pick, I'll take somebody else that you don't name. All right, all right then. I'm going to have to – first, I got to go – I got to go with the running back room, man. I got to go right. with the running back room. Yeah, I we mean, have not mentioned Corey Kiner and Co. Corey Kiner with his fifth 100-yard outing of the season. I believe it was close to a career high at 129 carries. Corey Kiner did on 23 – or 129 yards on 23 carries, 22 – or 62 yard long, 5.6 yards per take per carry. He was lights out once again. I mean, it's they've been doing it all season. I mean, they've been running the ball, doing their thing, and it's like it's just angels of Corey Connor. No, uh, no. It's been the Montgomerys. Um, they've been doing it too when they get in and play. But it, I just commend them, and they played a big part offensively where it put them. They wasn't so much in third and longs, you know, so that helped a lot. And 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 another MVP, I gotta go ahead and give it to. I gotta I gotta give it to. I gotta give it to the DBs, man. All right. I mean, I gotta give it to the corners, man. They, I mean, Jordan, they they play lights out, man. When they play like that, that's what happens. I mean, right, you can, no one... It's the skeleton key for this defense. We've been talking about it all year long. When you can pin your ears back as a defensive front and know that the outside guys are going to give you at least two and a half to three seconds to get to that quarterback. Makes all the difference, though. I mean, shoot. What um never mind. I ain't gonna ramble on, but but I give it to them. I mean, all right, you roll with them. You know yeah. what? I'm gonna roll with one of the big fellas. I'm gonna go with John Williams here as the MVP. I think he has played really, really well in recent weeks, had a 81.3 run block grade. That is his highest as a Bearcat, has posted 81.80.1 grades and 74 grades over the past couple weeks. I think he's really coming into his own at that left tackle position, is maybe a guy that can be viewed as a little bit undersized at there at six foot five, roughly 305 to 315 pounds, uh, give or take what week you're weighing him at. But He's fighting through it. His technique's getting better each and every week. And he's, I think, really an MVP for me because if this program can know that they don't have to allocate resources, they don't have to allocate a bunch of portal action towards both tackle spots going into this offseason, that's going to be massive in terms of just the NIL budget you can have access to uh, that you don't have to use for the left tackle. And just terms of everything, if you don't have to go after both tackles in an off season, I mean, it kind of goes without saying how much that can help you and kind of help ease the burden on your resources as a program. So John Williams, if he can continue this strong finish, finish with a really good month, really good final four slate of games, like he's in the midst of doing right now, it could be really helpful for this program. And then, you know what, defensively, we got to go with another big fella. On the other side, it's got to be Dante Corleone. The guy just he he's he's really picked up the leadership aspect this year. That oozed out of him in his interview with us last week. And he was really, really good against a decent, decent offensive line in Houston. They're solid out there. And Daniel Gresick was solid as well. Had a couple matchups with Patrick Paul in this game, a bona fide surefire will be drafted player in the NFL over the next either, either this offseason or in 2025. So Number one, John Williams. Number two for me, Dante Corleone. We'll give the uh, other big fella, Daniel Greshick, a shout-out as well. He was very good in this game with a 79.3 pro football focus grade. Looking at what we have next, 
Dom with the West Virginia Mountaineers in store. It's a game I think they can definitely win. It's it's obviously going to be tough going to West Virginia, but the Mountaineers are reeling a little bit right now, have lost three of their past five games, just took a 59-20 shinning at the hands of Oklahoma in, in Norman, Oklahoma this past weekend. So Milan Pushker Stadium, Morgantown, West Virginia, they're giving the the Mountaineers a 66% chance to win this game on ESPN's matchup predictor. They're a six-and-a-half-point favorite. Dom, I think if you win this game and you pull off a win at home against Kansas, then all the feelings of a brutal start, of a brutal worst this century losing streak, to me, go away. It's almost as if you meet the expectations. I think – the low end of the expected expectations, but you still meet them this season if you could find a way to rattle off a three-game winning streak to close the year. Or even, honestly, you go to Morgantown, you lose, but then you beat a Kansas team the next week. Either way, I think getting to four wins, and especially if they get the five wins, you can pretty much firmly say that in year one with all the turnover and the jump to a new conference, that expectations have been met. And then you can focus on 24. Yeah, I, I agree. Um... I feel like they can get them two wins and um and, and that this builds up for next year. It's a recruiting two too as well. Yeah, that's um, true. So it's everything right now is just building for next year. And and to me, in my opinion, it's high hopes, you know. Uh, uh so it's it's building. And if they can get 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 this game at West Virginia, I mean the sky's the limit because that builds more confidence because now West Virginia's a team that's been solidified in the Big 12 that played there. They, you know, you know what I mean? So, all right, they've been there for years. They've been there since they left, right? They've been there. I'm pretty sure they've been there since they left the Big East and left the rivalry behind with UC. And if they beat a a good Kansas team, I mean, both both Kansas and West Virginia are playing for something. They're playing for bowl games. I mean, well, Kansas is already in a bowl game, but they're playing for basically trying to be top in the Big East. I mean, a big, big 12. I'm thinking about Big East now. But um, so I just feel, if they can get past these two games, like you said, it just opens the door for next year and it helps with the recruiting as well. Yeah, West Virginia series has been going on from 1969 to 2011 is the last time they played. And Dom, unfortunately, you know this all too well, a 3-12 and all-time record against West Virginia. Those Mountaineers are tough to beat. They're tough to beat in Morgantown historically in this series. And it's one of the reasons why Cincinnati is a six and a half point underdog on the road, a total of 55 and a half points in this one. So better or oddsmakers expecting plenty of points between the two sides. It's going to be very, very interesting up against the West Virginia team. That's six and four against the spread this season, while Cincinnati is four and six, but they have won back-to-back games against the spread. I've not won back-to-back games, obviously. We're a four-and-a-half-point underdog to the UCF uh, UCF Knights. Lost that game 28-26, so they've been keeping it close lately. And as we've mentioned, Dom, as we've mentioned, if this system and this program can get top 50 quarterback play week-to-week, night-to-night, they're going to be fine. They're going to be fine. I think the Scott Satterfield era will go A-OK, and maybe, just maybe, it'll end up with some some championship glory down the line, but we saw it in Houston. We've seen it throughout the season. 
you get decent quarterback play. You can rely on this consistent rushing attack, which should be even better next year somehow. I mean, they're top 10 in the country rushing the ball, not in rushing touchdowns, but rushing yards, they're top 10 in the country. And you'd think with the full offensive line returning possibly next year, you could have the entirety of this offensive line group rotation that you've been playing back in 2023 or in 2024. Who knows what will happen now? Maybe Luke Kandra gets some late NFL draft buzz and he leaves leaves for, for the NFL pastures, which would be great for him and his individual career. And that would be a good problem to have at that point. So we'll see what happens this Saturday. We'll be back on Thursday to touch it all off and uh, kick it all off in terms of previewing the matchup in Morgantown with West Virginia. We'll go uh, each side of the football and see what these teams have in store. For Dominic Goodman, I'm Russ Heltman. This has been a Bearcat Blitz on the Believe Network, presented by Bet Online. Here's a deep shot. He's got Tyler Scott, and he's into open space. First throw of the year for Desmond Ritter. Touchdown, Bearcat. In a rhythm, going to take a shot towards the end zone. Under throw, the Packers touchdown. Trey Tucker.